welcome to our and your Vodcast podcast. My name is Don, and sitting over here across the table from me is Scott. Hi. And we are not brought to you by anything. That's right. Nobody will pay us to do this. Because Sesame Street always had like... Oh, yeah. Is it two numbers or two letters and a number? Brought to you by the letters H, J, and the number four. Yeah. I don't think I've seen Sesame Street in a long time. I don't think my kids have even ever watched Sesame Street. Is Sesame Street even a thing anymore? My older ones have watched a little bit, but my younger ones... Like, my older two, I think, might have seen a couple of Elmo. I think when they got out of the hospital, they were giving, like, an Elmo child... An Elmo child? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your free child with every <laughs> child. A free, a free one. And this one is red and fuzzy. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. what It was like a little Elmo DVD. There was like some basics, like like get him hooked on Sesame Street young. A DVD. <laughs> yeah. They're th- so there are these little discs. They're round like little Frisbees. Oh, okay. Yes. So I take them to the yeah. park? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I have no idea what happened to that okay. one. And I can't. You can make fun of me. We still buy, like, because now when you get it, you get the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. you get the DVD itself, and you get the digital copy. Okay, okay. So and See, I've got a Movies Anywhere account, so all my digital copies go into one app. See, I, my dad offered to, to loan us a DVD the other day, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I have a DVD player anymore. Wait, you had one over I saw it. Huh? No, but there used to be one sitting over here in your basement. Yeah, it was broken. It didn't work. Oh, yeah. We we bought a. Excuse me, I'm gonna cough. This microphones make me cough. I, seriously, <laughs> you didn't cough the entire time. <laughs> uh, we. Oh, you have one in your computer. Oh yeah, it's work uh, computer. Does that count though? Yeah, sure. Okay. No, we bought a Blu-ray player that had Hulu, Netflix, Voodoo, Fandango, like all of those apps built into it. Uh huh. So it's kind of like having... Oh, and also can like mimic a Chromecast, but I already owned one, okay. so it didn't so matter. no point in that one. Yeah, and not everybody... So it's like a standard, but not everybody adheres to that standard. Okay. Like not... So Google does like with Android, Apple does with iOS. However, the apps that are made for those platforms don't always adhere to it. Okay. So it's like you can cast on some apps, but not others. So... Chromecast is still kind of needed, okay, because that's more universally accepted, I guess. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we had one for a while, and then I'm trying to think. Yeah, we had one for a while, and then I, I started running computers for Video Game Club, and um, got some switches, and and now I have no DVD or Blu-ray or anything player. We we have to stream everything. Well, we got we bought your PlayStation Four. Yeah, that was the last DVD <laughs> player. <laughs> we took your last. You don't have an Xbox of any kind anymore? No, no. Uh-huh. So we I have just, a 360. Okay. We just stream everything. Nobody uses. <laughs> well, I started building some computers so that we could run the video game stuff off there. Um, so I wouldn't have to, every time a new system dropped, I wouldn't have to rebuy games. Hey, so after this, I'm going to ask you a video game question. Okay. Because everybody talks about it, but I have no idea what the heck Fortnite is. Oh, okay. So, which is this will come out about eight weeks after, as everybody knows, and by then nobody will be playing Fortnite. So, just know I might know what this means right. by the time. By the time, yeah, it doesn't count or matter anymore. So, yeah, yeah, it is the big thing, and I just played it for the first time the other day. Is it all? It's all. It's. 
cracked up to be? I stink at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, because I've never played it. But the students talk about it all the time. They're like, I rock at Fortnite. No, I'm awesome at Fortnite. <laughs> and I came the other day, I was like, so I was playing Fortnite the other day. What is it a freemium or it is a freemium, yeah. Oh yeah. So I would suck on top of not having the well, no, no, gear it, to suck more. No, it doesn't affect your gameplay, it just affects what you look like and how how awesome you look. Oh dude, mm-hmm. I can go I'll yeah. go scrub. So you Fortnite can scrub out right here. Yep. <laughs> Alright, I might Yeah, uh, maybe I'll look at it. So now that we bored you all. Um yeah. you're like call so we're talking about culture within a non deuteronomic is that even a thing? <laughs> we make up all the Deuteronomy to make it movie Absolutely. words. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, speaking of of culture and and um, the land and obedience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good segue. Nobody would uh, so smooth. Right. But, like butter. I mean, but everyone's going. It's like oh, butter. Fortnite was a part of the conversation. I, I get it. Yeah. All right. So we are in Deuteronomy. 12, uh, we're going to start at Numero 10, doce. and wait, the aces, we're starting at 10, right? Doce is 11? No, I was talking about the chapter. Oh, okay. No, oh, o- doce, doce is, is 11. Yeah, doce is okay. <laughs> Woo. Again, that's why I, yeah, because once is 11. Ustedes no hablas, wait, is it hable espanol? Hablan? Hables, uh, hablas? What is it? Un pequeño? Uh, I can't. I can't get my conjugation <laughs> right. I can read it. Now that we just lost all our Spanish listeners. Yeah. Hola, mijos. <laughs> es Santa Biblia. Uh, your name is Scott, right? Uh huh. Scott leads uh, una Biblia. Or is it Biblia? Santa Biblia. Si mi es no bueno. <laughs> yeah, I. Mi español es no bueno. <laughs> Mi español es muy mal. Sí. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, in English, <laughs> chapter 12, uh, verse 10 through 14. Uh, but when... You, yeah, well, do we have to recap anything? I'm sorry. Um, You're always so good at that that I just take it for granted. I did not this time. Um, okay, well, they're talking about... Um, prior in chapter 12, last podcast, if you did not get a chance to listen... Uh, more about place of worship and God saying, hey, you know what? You're going to worship me at the place of my choosing, not at the place of your choosing. Uh, prior to Israel coming into the land, the Canaanites were setting up their own temples and altars and doing strange rituals. And God was like, I'm not like that. You know, you don't make up n- rituals for me. You don't make up places to worship me. We're going to do it in my place, in my way, because I'm the real God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just going to kind of continue that uh, trade of thought in throughout chapter 12. So now you can fire the hole. Es un Do I get fuego. Fired? All right. But when you go over the Jordan and live in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and when he gives you rest from all your enemies around so that you live in safety, then to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell there. There you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your contribution that you present, and all your finest vow offerings that you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters and your male servants and your female servants, and the Levite that is within your town, since he has no portion or inheritance with you. 
Take care that you do not offer your burnt offerings at any place that you see, but at the place that the Lord will choose in one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings, and there you shall do all that I command you. Yes. So, what you got? Um, I don't have a whole lot on this because it's very point blank. Um, he's still, God is still saying that, you know, kind of the same thing. Um, you're going to do it. I'm, what's going on upstairs? Um, probably stuff that they're not supposed to be doing. The mics won't pick that up, but <laughs> a small stampede has just rushed through the upstairs of our studio. Yeah, my wife is currently not feeling well, and my kids oh. are currently, well, quote, watching TV. However, are they the watching? <laughs> <laughs> unless virtual reality, which they're not watching, uh, <laughs> comes out of the TV and starts stomping and running loudly. Sounds great. It sounds like my house, really. <laughs> my glad house you feel all like the I, time. Glad I, glad I can make you feel like you're at home. Thanks. Where was I? Uh, um, yeah, this is uh, God saying a lot of the same. He's still mandating that they make offerings and sacrifices at, at the temple or the tabernacle at this point because the temple is not built. Um, and he's not, he hasn't changed that mandate. It, it's kind of, like I said, the same as what we saw before. God is saying, you will do things the way that they've been done. Um, I did like the part, where is it? What verse where he says that, like, when you have peace? Um, be at rest. Mm. So yeah, be at rest. I think, and when he gives you rest, so that is verse 10. Yeah, sorry, I think the NIV says when he gives you peace. Okay. Um, in my commentary is NIV, so I kind of just cross them. Oh, okay. That, I know, we, we like read out of the ESV, and everybody's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? What is that? Sorry. Um, yeah, I read the text in my ESV plainly, and then I read it in the commentary along with the, it, which is NIV, so I kind of get back and forth. Um, but yeah, uh, the, there's a promise of, hey, if you uh, follow my commands, uh you know, do what I'm telling you to do, live how I tell you to live, uh, there's going to be a time when there's peace or rest. And during that time, we'll really set up how sacrifices are going to go and stuff like that. So there's, you know, he understands that there are nomadic people who are about to go into a, a warlike and a busy-like state. And he's saying, hey, in the future, there's going to be peace. And when there's peace, you're going to offer your sacrifices in the the correct way. Mm-hmm. And and I mean context-wise, they have not I mean I mean they've not really been at rest uh, at least as the ESV ESV puts it. They really have not been at rest in a very long time. I mean, you're thinking they were slaves in Egypt. Um, God pulls them out of Egypt. Um, they then make it to the mountain, um, screw things up pretty quickly, then wander through the wilderness for a while. And so you're thinking I mean, at least 40 plus years. Um, and now he's starting to make the transition at verse 10. He says, but when you go over, but when you go over the Jordan and live in the land that the Lord your God has given you to inherit, and when he gives you rest from all your enemies, here's how you're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's ultimately saying, okay, we just had you early in 12. You're going to destroy all of the Canaanite idols, altars, pillars, poles, whatever you want to call those things, mm-hmm. and you are not to worship that way, but I'm going to set a specific place for you to worship me. Um, so none of this doing whatever you want, um, none of this you know, worshiping wherever you want. Um, there, there's a new way for you to be able to worship. It's going to look different. Mm-hmm. And as you enter this time of rest, as you enter the land that I've promised you, 
here's kind of how I want things set up and, and how it is that, that is a good way to live um, so that you can have, well, as he says many times in De- Deuteronomy, so you may live long in the land or whatever, you know. Yeah, I think I like at the end of that section too, um, once again, we get kind of that holistic approach. You have, you know, you shall rejoice, which mm-hmm. we talked a lot about last week. Like part of worshiping is rejoicing. It's not... Um, a joyless void. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's an exciting celebratory uh, piece that you get to take part in. But he also talks strongly about who's going to be rejoicing: your sons, your daughters, your servants of both genders. Um, and then he's going to say, "And the Levite." He, so he's there's a priestly order: the the Levites, the the tribe. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. The tribe of Levi. Uh, the people from there do not get a spot in the promised land. So if you look in the back of your Bible, uh, most Bibles, there's probably a map that has something where it lays out by tribes in Israel who got what. Um, the Levites don't get a spot. They, they don't get a place to call home. Their provision continuously comes from the rest of the nation. So you could make a case for that we see an early model of how the community should take care of the priests, the pastors in the church, and they should not be burdened with trying to do that on their own, that, that God is saying, hey, you know what? You're going to rejoice. You're going to have a blast, but hey, you're going to do it along with the Levites. You're, you're going to do offerings, and you're going to um, you know, obey my commands, and you're going to provide for the priests among you as well. Um, and it, I think we talk about that. He says he kind of reiterates that a couple of times in this section. Mm-hmm. So next time you're like, you know, all up on your pastor and mad at him because he takes a salary. Just remember, pastors be taking salary since the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. It's not something new. And, and, <laughs> and really even longer than that. But I mean, that's part of, I mean, how God set up really the structure of the different tribes of of, of Israel. But mm-hmm. But even the church today, if you continue that that tradition into the New Testament and look at some of the things that Paul and, and some of those guys addressed. Yeah, Paul uh, Paul is actually kind of a very interesting case because there was times when Paul was like, yo, I got the cash, don't mm-hmm. worry about it. And then there are other times when Paul would be like, hey, thank you for your support because, man, I was destitute. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of, and he would voluntarily take money at times and he would voluntarily turn away finances at times. Um, so yeah, there's no hard and fast rule as to how you support or what kind of support a pastor takes, et cetera. But there is definitely a mandate where if you have a pastor and you can help, you know, one, include him in the community. He's not some outside piece uh, that you just ignore and let go on his own and think he's fine, he's holy. He still needs to be part of that community. Mm -hmm. But there's also the part where if he needs your support, then there's nothing wrong with it. Actually, we are, you know, in some cases mandated to take care of him now if you've got a pastor who like you know wrote a book and he's living off that and he doesn't need the money and he decides not to take a you know take a paycheck that's fine too um there's nothing wrong with that or if he's uh bivocational he chooses to be a web developer or something and make or a tent maker or yeah tent maker he chooses like paul right uh, chooses (laughs) to make his money outside of the church that's fine too Mm -hmm. um the problem is where there's abuse, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but, you know, you're basically, if they're on TBN, they're probably abusing finances. Mm-hmm. Um, all the, you know, T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, 
Uh, who's the guy that lets the bodies hit the floor? Uh, I think that's a uh, music uh, rock band. No, Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn. <laughs> uh, if you get bored, uh, go on to YouTube and look at Benny Hone. Yeah, look at you can look up, There's a video of him on YouTube, <laughs> and like at the time, like the guy like screams like, or whatever, like everybody just like falls down. Um, yeah, that guy. Like those guys are Kenneth Copeland. The okay. guys that have like their Lear Jets. Now I'm getting angry. Okay. But yeah, let's let's uh, let's uh, anyway. Uh, but, t- t- but but like my pastor who. Is it a church that, you know, doesn't rake in the big bucks? We're happy to support him. And and, and I mean, the, the problem comes down to, to sinful nature also. I mean, you get into really almost all of the prophets, minor and major prophets, um, in the Old Testament. Um, you get into where Israel continues to, uh, different people in Israel um, continue to abuse um, the people and abuse and disobey God's commands, et cetera. And we get into the New Testament and things don't get much better. We, we just got Jesus. Um, so, so ultimately, what we see through most of those where, um, through many of those, that, that people are not treating um, others the way that they should. They, they might abuse where they put their money. They might abuse who they don't support. Um, and I think there's many times also in the Old Testament, if I remember correctly, where the Levites weren't supported um, and weren't able to, to hold on to their own because they weren't bringing their tithes and offerings um, to, to support both the temple I, and those that live there. Am I correct? Uh, probably. Okay, I got to admit, like, I read through all the minor prophets okay. because they're short and easy mm-hmm. um, a long time ago. And since that time, I focused mostly on the major prophets <laughs> <laughs> because those are long and hard. So it's been a while since I've read some of that. Do you ever think that like God's in heaven? Like, look, man, they're only minor because the books are short. Like they're major in my <laughs> eyes. Anyway, um, so it's been a while since I've explored some of the minors. But I would argue, is that potential? It's been a couple of years since I've gone through Micah. Is that potentially what he's arguing? Saying you rob God of tithes and offering? Or is that just completely? It has also been a while since I've gone through the minor prophets. But I feel like there's usually a reoccurring theme of them abusing, um, injustice occurring. Yeah, I think um, Obadiah Habakkuk treating both talk about orphans and widows inappropriately, treating the poor yeah. inappropriately. Um, but there's also not in supporting in the Ezekiel. There's kind of the opposite. There's corrupt priests. Mm. That's a that's a trip of a book. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I actually haven't read through that one though as much as I wanted to. In fact, I was going to, and you said you might want to make sure you pray about that one first. Um, I would say go through it. Obviously, pray or is about that it. Jeremiah, you told me. No, Jeremiah is okay. That's to, the one you said that, pray over. Man, you, about. you need to pray that God protects you uh, emotionally, stability. <laughs> 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 no, uh, Ezekiel. If you go through that, I would. Gosh, it's fifty some chapters. We would never finish that on this podcast. I would do it here though, but we would. Ha- it would change our clean lyrics uh, sticker because there's about. I can think of about three different areas where we might get blasted so so maybe ezekiel all right maybe ezekiel might be the one next one we have to go through that's a that one that would be a good one to do with a whiteboard (laughs) (laughs) and i keep some charts and try and keep things because he's um it was like we tuned in for deuteronomy (laughs) um ezekiel is like the uh remember like 
10 years ago it was really popular for pastors to have like a prop on stage with them. Uh-huh. Okay, Ezekiel is like that, but on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> like Ezekiel is like, I went outside the city and I laid down on my side for like X amount of days and then I switched over to the other side. It's like, okay. Hey, that could make, hey, we, we want to start adding a YouTube component to this. That could very make a really interesting YouTube component. Speaking of which, I bought a new tripod because I broke oh. my other one. So now we got a new tripod. Of course, it was like the $5 Chinese knockoff version. So who knows how long it'll last. Well, that's okay. I mean, yeah, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this YouTube part. Well, I, I wonder if we started the Ezekiel <laughs> stuff on my front lawn. I went, how long would it take us to get arrested? Uh, well, the part about baking bread will probably not get you arrested. However, I'm not eating that bread. I was going to say, with lying on the side with the oh, I mean, poop and the... Oh, No, no, the lying on the side is, uh, is different. The, he talks about baking bread, mm-hmm. and he's like... Hey, you know, Lord, I don't want to be unclean here. So, can I change the dung that we're using for a few? Yeah, yeah that's okay. The, yeah, okay. That's what I was, yeah, that's the or the dry bones type thing. That's not well. I mean, you I've never spoken over a bunch of skeletons and seen them live. Throw a bunch of skeletons in my front <laughs> yard. Maybe not the cops might come, but the insane asylum. Well, if we do it in October. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, we'll just do we it. We just got to schedule it's that. Our, it's the Valley of Dry Bones Halloween stand. <laughs> you got your hell houses? Yeah, we got the dry bones. <laughs> the Valley of Dry Bones in Scott's yard. scripture right here. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, that was a huge tangent. Um, Take care of your priests, people. Yes. And priests don't be like all Ezekiel priests. Yes. Bad. Be good priests. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, check us. Um, or, Ooh, or like the... Man, we could do judges. That would lose our queen too. But the priest and <laughs> judges, don't be that priest. What about stabbing the fat guy? That's not a priest. That was you. Well, no, but that's still sta- I mean, that's still judges. Oh, you talk about judges. Yeah, oh, uh-huh. I was talking about the um, oh, no, the okay. Levite and the prostitute. Oh, oh, yeah. That w- that's well. If you go bad. two streets over, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> anyway, in America, so, that's called murder. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say stab them, but there's prostitutes oh. two, two streets over. Oh, well, um, then, you know. Anyway, so... (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're back. (laughs) I I shouldn't tell you where in Cincinnati I live. Um, So anyway, um, I guess the last thing that I really had is is originally I started getting kind of stuck on the burnt offerings, the sacrifices, your tithes, your contribution. I was like, man, I'm going to spend half my time in Leviticus. Uh Um, And I I started to realize, though, the, the really heart behind that was... It was really whatever worship practices that, that God has set out in Leviticus, um, those need to be done at the place that, that God has set forth um, mm-hmm. for that to happen with. Again, it just doesn't happen wherever it wants to. It needs to happen in that place that, that God had set apart, um, that, that, place of, that place of worship. Um, and ultimately, it really comes back, I think really most of 12 comes back um, to what most of Deuteronomy has been talking about so far is, is that obedience. Yeah. So, all right, should I move on, or you got anything else about that? Um, I could tangent a little bit, but I don't think it's fair. Okay. To tangent our people again. Okay. So, so we'll yeah, we'll tangent. go on. Sure? There's there's some other good stuff coming up that I'd rather talk about than to complain about. Okay. Tithes and offering. Got it. All right. Slightly out of context. So <laughs> now we are 15 through 20. Uh, 19 or 28. Hold on, let me see. Was it? Go through 28, because 29 the <clears throat> chapter takes a dramatic. Turn? Yes, it does. All right. So, so now we got some um, eating meat. So, so yeah, I'm sorry, 15 through 28, right? Yes. Okay. So those of you um, who are not vegetarians, this is um, for those of God's people or of Israel that is not a vegetarian. 
However, you may slaughter and eat meat within any of your towns as much as you desire, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. The unclean and the clean may eat of it, as of the gazelle and as of the deer. Only you shall eat, not eat the blood. You shall pour it out on the earth like water. You may not eat within your towns the tithe of your grain or of your wine or of your oil or of the firstborn of your herd or of the, your flock or any of your vow offerings that you vow, or your freewill offerings, or the contribution that you present. But you shall eat them before the Lord your God in the place that the Lord your God will choose, you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, and the Levite who is within your towns. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all that you undertake. Take care that you do not neglect the Levite as long as you live in, in your land. When the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he has promised you, and you say, I will eat meat because you crave meat. You may eat meat where, whenever you desire. If the place that the Lord your God will choose to put his name there is too far from you, then you may kill any of your herd or your flock which the Lord has given you, as I have commanded you, and you may eat within your towns whenever you desire. Just as the gazelle or the deer is eaten, so you may eat of it. The unclean and the clean alike may eat of it. Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and you shall not eat the life with the flesh. You shall not eat it. You shall pour it out on the earth like water. You shall not eat it, that all may go well with you and with your children after you when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord. But the holy things that are due from you and your vow offerings you shall take and you shall go to the place that the Lord will choose you and offer your burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood on the altar of the Lord your God. The blood of the sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God, but the flesh you may eat. Be careful to obey all these words that I command you, that it may go well with you and with your children and you forever when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. And all of God's omnivores said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Oh, God's All right. So, yes. um, what, what did you? What, what do you got from from this stuff? Uh, well, first of all, I saw I'm clipping, so I'm checking my levels here. Sorry. Oh. Yep, I'm good. Okay. Um, I'm only clipping on the thing. That stinks. Sorry if I've been loud in your ears this whole podcast. I just found out right now. I got to turn that down. That all right. So he needs to turn himself down. Well. It's technically the master that's clipping, so it's both of us. So what's the opposite of being turned then? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot in here that I thought was pretty cool. First of all, um, and he kind of points it out for both of those both near and far, is that there were certain animals that were only to be eaten for, or sorry, that were only to be slaughtered for offerings. And now he's saying, with some exceptions, um, you can eat those. And as a matter of fact, you can eat those with I like the clean and the unclean. I thought that was kind of a if I if I was like one of the sojourners who was the unclean among them, I'd be a little offended. Mm. But no, I thought that was kind of a uh it's it's like a housewarming present. Like you can now eat more than just deer and gazelle. Cause now I've had deer. Um I've had good deer and I've had bad deer. Uh deer is definitely a different kind of taste mm-hmm. um it doesn't it's it's definitely i don't want to say gamey because that implies that it's like chewy but it's definitely like a harsher taste for lack of a better term um where we know that other types of meats might be more savory or might be you know cooked in different ways of taste better etc cetera, etc cetera. um 
And he's saying like, hey, if I've blessed you and you've got it, you can go on ahead and eat it. So I don't know. What do you got? Um, you got to talk was, in the microphone. Though. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I was. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I thought, first of all, I'm just kind of curious. And, and I liked Christopher Wright just kind of summed this up a little bit. And I kind of basically knew, but, but I, I thought it was cool that he just kind of brought my mind back to clean and unclean and what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, um, if it's not a sacrifice, the ritual distinctions between the ceremonially unclean and the clean did not apply to those who shared the meal. Um, so it says the ritually unclean usually could not partake of a sacrifice, but they could enjoy, say, uh, the family roast. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it in the ceremonial sense i was just thinking of the sojourner that could be among them yeah like that there could be a a gentile living in their midst and they were allowed to partake i kind of forgot about like you know other things that made you unclean Mm -hmm. like touching a a dead carcass for one right and so now you would be able to enjoy the, the the same meal now although he opens up and says that you have the ability no matter where you are in in israel yeah knowing that okay you know to make a, a couple days travel just to eat some meat, um, <laughs> that that's that that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily a fun thing to do. Right. So that that he allows provision for those that that that, that want to eat meat that they don't have to make that travel anymore. But he also makes it very clear in here that if there is a sacrifice that that is to be made to God, um, and whether that be meat or not sacrifice, that that still needs to be happen at that place that, that God sets mm-hmm. for, for worship. So so if there's a tithe or if there's a sacrifice, that still needs to make it to the place of worship, the, the place that God chooses. Um, but if you would like to eat meat other than that, and it's not a sacrifice, here's what you need to do. Um, now, I wasn't sure kind of what, what caught me off guard was you're like, you have to talk into the mic. I was looking and I was like, oh, sorry. I, I didn't get, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure, like, did he open up more animals to be a part of that? Um, and that's what I wasn't sure with the clean and the unclean. Um, originally, I kind of just read it. So I think I did the opposite of you. Oh. <laughs> I read it from the perspective of, okay, the ceremonially clean and unclean. But when it came to the animals... I didn't know if he changed what was clean and unclean in there. No, no. Basically, there were certain animals that they would only partake in um, during times of sacrifice. Mm. So it wasn't a common thing for them to maybe eat um, unless they were offering it up or taking it to the temple first. And they were getting kind of the, you know, what wasn't given to the priest, etc. Here now he's saying, hey, you've got the herds. Go on ahead and eat it just like you would with a gazelle or Mm -hmm. a deer. Like... um, it's kind of opened up to you, and that, and it's not, it's not as strict as it sounds because yeah, they would still have lamb. Mm-hmm. It, it was more so rare for them to have it because the sheep was expensive, right? Um, and they didn't have like you know farming methods that we do now, kind of thing. But um, there were certain uh, things were considered for sacrifice, and he still makes a distinction here as part of it with the uh, you can only have the like you can't eat the firstborn of your herd or your flock because that's still for the sacrifice. That's still regulated by that but right. no he did not change the um the <clears throat> like he wasn't like hey now you can eat like pig mm-hmm. that's not been added to the list what he's saying is, is, is twofold the one was like what we were both saying like if you're ceremonially unclean for whatever reason it appears you can eat and if you like i took it as the sojourner if maybe you weren't like hebrew by uh 
you know, birth, but you're welcomed into the community because you accepted, you know, Yahweh as God. Right. You could partake. Okay. Um, but there's still, and we kind of, you kind of alluded to it. They have to take some of those offerings still and offer them, and including if you're far away. So if you're far away, you can go on ahead and, you know, partake in, what's he say? Uh, what verse was it? Uh, I think it's 21. If the place that the Lord your God will choose to put his name there is too far from you, then you may kill any of your herd or your flock, which the Lord has given you (coughs) as I have commanded you, and you may eat within your towns whenever you desire, just as the gazelle or the deer is eaten. Um, So you may eat of it. And that's the part where I was stating, like there are certain animals that were kind of off limits and now they're, Welcome, but like deer and gazelle were never part of the sacrifice. Right, they could go hunt out on the plains and eat whatever. Okay, and as somebody who lives in Ohio, we need that. We need more deer to be shot. And yes, removed. Yes. Um, anyway, or at least um, bunnies. At least in our area, I'm. You know, I'm not. I'm not trying bunnies. Bunnies just pop up all over the place. Yeah, I, funny you said. I ran this morning, and there's a. I could only see like the tail hopping in front of me down the sidewalk because mm-hmm. it's still kind of dark. And I was like, no, that's. I hope that's a rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I see them. They scare me all the time. They they literally jump out of nowhere. <laughs> and I'm like, ah! <laughs> no, like no predator, right? Yeah. You're, you're in a neighborhood. Right. Like, there they are again. There's another there's, one. There's ah. no bears out here eating them. <laughs> um, so, anyway, but uh, the other part of that, though, is that he says you still, even if you're far away, you can't eat your offering on your own, your vow offerings, et cetera. You still have to go. So he's like, hey, you can live out in the country, have a nice estate out there. You know, be a couple of days from anybody. You can live that farmer life, but you still have to come back to the community and, you know, be a part of it and partake in what's going on in the community. I thought that was kind of a neat. So, so just out of curiosity, and, and I don't know this, um, and I didn't look it up because I really didn't even think about it till now. So how far away do you think some people would have to travel to make it to that place of worship? So later on, I mean, I guess we find out that, what I mean, is it, Jerusalem becomes that place of worship right. um, and the temple in Jerusalem. So what might be the distance? Um, I opened right to that map I was oh, talking not, about. <laughs> so what might be the difference? I, I mean, I guess we could go in miles, but but what might that look like in, in travel days or time? I'm, I'm um, using a... When it comes to that, and and again, where he's kind of, Don's currently looking in his Bible um, to to figure out. Yeah, I'm trying to see the farthest point might be Asher's part in the north. So what would what would we say? Maybe I I guess maybe we could look it up and what is that? Does it give it to you in miles in the Bible? It's got miles in kilometers. I was trying to see. to see kind of what, what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, you're looking like it could be a... Depending on where you're coming from, I'm really bad at estimating this. It could be a couple hundred miles. So I mean, in a car, that's a three-hour trip. Oh, wow. So what would you what would you think maybe walking? Really or the way long. they would travel? <laughs> so Jerusalem's in the south, okay? Okay. Um, well, southern-ish. So if you're looking at like 30, 60, 90... Um, like if you're coming from even up by the Bashan, like the Sea, so the Sea of Galilee down to Jerusalem, that's still a pretty long. 
I don't know, like a hundred miles or so. So you might have to travel a couple days. Couple days. I, I, I mean, I don't know how long. I mean, you're taking family, some that probably can walk, some that can't. So you're probably taking cattle. You're probably taking your offering. So you got to pack it all up. Are you like googling like how long does it take I'm to walk? Currently, yeah, just. just I mean, what do you walk like? Do you walk like two miles an hour, three miles an hour? Um, again, very, very, very quickly. As I'm looking through, um, uh, talk and say stuff while I look it up real quick. Well, okay. On top of walking, you're probably carrying stuff on your back, uh, whether it be supplies or whatever. You're walking through different terrain. There's mountains, hills. You could be going through semi-desert. If you've got to cross the Jordan, because you're on the other side of the Jordan, that's another. If you got to walk around the Sea of Galilee, I mean, there's a lot of obstacles too. Mm-hmm. So this again, just a very quick. People are, I mean, we need Mark Z's. He'd tell yeah, us. Yeah, we do. We need someone cool to to kind of help us figure out. Because I mean, they'd have to make that journey, say during like Passover, um, and some of the other major festivals. So I'm I'm assuming that they had to make that. I mean, if they were following God's law. Um, <laughs> You're hoping that you're in the tribe of Judah, right? <laughs> right, absolutely, because you're right there. Um, you're, you're having to travel. Yeah, I, I don't know. That might be something to look up for maybe next week to kind of get a basic idea. Again, I'm just kind of... You know we'll forget. Quickly <laughs> going through. We probably will. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, so if you're looking at... If you're going from... Oops, I went way too many pages there. Uh, where'd that go? I lost that map. Um, I'm, this makes for intriguing podcast listening. So, so if you're that. if you're up in the Bashan, so you're in East Manasseh, all the way up north, you're like 30, 60, 90. You got to cross the Jordan. You're at like 110. Wait, three, six, nine, twelve, 120. Because I'm uh, no, I suck at math. All right. So tell you what. what so what's three times four? Twelve, right? So 120. Yeah. So you're 120 miles through. And going down, you can see in the relief in the map that there's definitely like hilly areas, and you've got to cross the Jordan to so get to Jerusalem. So 120 miles through wilderness. So what, 12 to 12, 12 to 15 miles a day, maybe? Yeah, that's probably much? good. That's good. Oh man! All right. So what? What is that? What is that? That's math, man. I don't divide it, deal. Take okay. your take 120 divided by. Oh man, dude! I don't know. Trying to pull up my calculator, my computer froze uh, up. So what do we got? Eight so days, about a week. Okay, so about a week. Yeah. And that's totally a guess. So a, may- li- a little over a week, probably, from what I can see. So maybe we'll see next week if we can get you more legit times that that's not off the top of our head. But sorry, that question was off the top of my head, so <laughs> it was not a planned question, people. I was just like, that's, that's three wonder. minutes of us like. Uh. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, no, but yeah. So I mean, if you're saying. If if you're cruising, you're a young married couple with like either no kids and no other family to take with you. I was gonna say once you had kids, man, you just slowed down by like Yeah, or think about this, older parents or oh, adults that are going you know, you're going as a family. So you, it might be a couple weeks and then you gotta go back. So you got, you know, let's say let's say it takes you two weeks down and two weeks back because you're part of Manasseh. One you're like, Why am I Manasseh? Why can <laughs> I um but I mean and I don't know. That's that'd be interesting to know how many do we know how many worship centers? Uh, I was started out. Didn't they? Have to, uh, I was just under the assumption that one place was Jerusalem. Yeah, I don't. And know they all had to go a... that for all major festivals, didn't they? 
Well, uh, so Passover, they'd have to go to Jerusalem. Man, we got a lot to learn, don't we? Okay, so we just posed a lot of questions. That we do not have the answers to. So we will see what we can do, if not next week's episode. Um, maybe in, I, a, thought, in a, I thought you were an Old Testament scholar. Where are my answers, Scott? I'm not an Old Testament scholar. I'm a Dang. guy that likes to spend lots of time studying. And when I study, <laughs> it brings more questions sometimes than uh, <laughs> what I started with. We, we started studying Acts inside of uh, my Sunday school class. And I'm like, sometimes I get sidetracked by other things and I have more questions and I try and figure that out. Was it, was it hard for you to turn all the way to the right in your Bible and get to the New it Testament? It was. I didn't know what to Make do. Make fun of like... me about James again, huh? <laughs> I was like, what is the New Testament? It's Matthew, Mark, what else? What? Luke. Oh, Luke, yeah. And then John. John. Acts, and... Romans. Oh, Acts, yeah. First and Second Corinthians. Wait, I'm, now I'm out of order. My Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Darn it. Acts Romans. Apparently, you spend a lot of time in the Old uh, Testament too, and you don't know. We should we should challenge each other to memorize the books of the Bible in order. I'll be honest, because I really don't know them in order. Now, I was joking when I said Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. I, I mean, I got that. I, I used to because I did Awana growing up, and you had to do it. A what? Yeah. A Kiwana? No, Awana. What? 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 <laughs> uh, it was a church youth group thing where you memorize verses, but. I want to say, like, the first half of the year, you memorize the Old Testament books in order, and the second half, you do the new. But I get, I'm like, you go through the Pentateuch, I got that. Okay, yeah. When you get through all the first and seconds, I'm good. But after that, I get a little bit. So it's like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, mm-hmm. Judges, Ruth. Then it gets hard. Okay. First and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, and then something happens. Okay. <laughs> I go. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. But I'm not sure like what I skipped to get there and what happens after. I can <laughs> flip through my Bible and have a good basic idea of where it fits in there, and then I flip through till I see the right place. And he was using his thumb like on a screen, so yes. you, you flip through on your phone. <laughs> so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Mm-hmm. Is it first and second Corinthians next? Um... Once again, I have a good basic idea Colossians. of where they are as I flip through my, uh, my well, actually, Dude, the I Bible. Dude, ch- I challenge you to memorize the Old Testament in order by the next time we get together. Yeah, that's not happening. Come on, <laughs> you, you make it with your kids. Do it with your kids. I, I'm more curious about the travel times and the, uh, um, the Jewish holidays. I was right. Oh, dude, I had an order. So you did have it right? I was killing it. Yeah, it was right. first, second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Then it's all the T's, so you get two Thessalonians and two Timothys. Then you get Titus. Okay. So it's like all the T books. They did that nice and easy for us. Uh-huh. Then it gets a little bit hard because you got like Philemon, and nobody, you know, nobody reads about runaway slaves. Uh, Hebrew and he's James. only like, that's only like a chapter anyway, isn't it? If. <laughs> <laughs> two, one and two Peter, one, two, three John, Jude, Revelation. Dude, we could do that. Come on. Yeah, Job's song. Uh, oh, I even had that right. Ezra and Nehemiah, Esther, Job's Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, <laughs> Isaiah, Jeremiah. Dang, I'm better than I thought. Come on, let's do it. I'm gonna write it on my arm. Yeah, be like, next week, like, is that so a tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I guess back to oh Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Yes. Yeah, we're in the, out we of all have the books, had we just, a lot of tangents woo, this week. This is, a, this is a good one, folks. Memorize with us. You got two weeks. Memorize. <laughs> Actually, you got more the than OT. two. No, I well, guess no, you got two weeks. Know, yeah, because I'd still be in right. You guys got two weeks. Hey, right. uh, put it on YouTube or email us a link <laughs> or uh, like do a Facebook Live video and post it to our facebook.com slash Bakesh thing or Bakesh at Outlook.com and get our attention, and we will give you a prize. The prize would probably be like a thumbs up 
or a comment. <laughs> Uh, or maybe we'll make a certificate. That's like, <laughs> we recognize you did this. But can you give us the stamp ahead of time? <laughs> Just kidding. No, no. Well, dude, by certificate, I mean like a PDF. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can print it out on their own. I'm not mailing this. And we'll give you that. It's like, those forever stamps are getting more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, I got to spend 55 How much does it cost to send something? I have no clue anymore. I don't yeah. send anything. Email. It's free. Yeah. We'll email them a PDF <laughs> saying, congratulations, you've memorized the books of the I Bible. Have Amazon Prime, so I don't have to mail anything, and I, and I don't know. have to step in a store. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, anything else on that now that we talked ourselves so into crazy? I did. The not eat the blood. So oh, oh. I was, again... I didn't get uh, so he discusses in, I mean mentions it a couple times. Um, so it is really do not eat the blood. Um, and in verse twenty-three, <clears throat> he says, so "I'm going to start with twenty-two. Just as the gazelle or the, okay, so twenty-three. Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life, and you shall not eat the life with the flesh." Um, and so I was just curious, like in a in a two thousand and eighteen context. So I was at Red Robin the other day, and they're like, do you want any red with that? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, hmm, where does Deuteronomy fit in this? I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's. I think we can really, if we look at blood is the life, and you shall not eat the wait, life. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on a second. A red burger or a red steak does not necessarily mean a bloody burger or bloody steak. Okay. If it's still got blood in it. Okay. So pink doesn't necessarily mean it's... I mean, oh, there's people that true. can go that raw. Okay. Or like if you get, if you actually order a blue, it's basically like they sear just the outside of it. Okay. You're probably getting some blood in that. Okay. So I'll just throw that out there. But getting a medium... Dude, but a medium rare steak is like the way it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know. Just out of curiosity, what, what, what do you think about that? Um... I just had this conversation. I believe that the standard of righteousness in the Old Testament was the law. So you're not eating blood. You're you're going through all of the, you know, you're following the law completely and fully uh, to the best of your ability, and that's the standard of righteousness. When you stumble, there are sacrifices and offerings that are made, your sin offerings and different restitutions you have to go through to get back up to that right standard. Jesus comes and fulfills all of those standards. My standing is no longer judged by the law and how I obey that. My standing is judged by Christ who fulfilled all that. So what does that come, how does that fit in with, say, obedience? Um, when it comes to the commands and the things that God does put in in the Old Testament. So in Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law. I have come to fulfill the law. So he fulfilled it, but the law still exists, right? Mm -hmm. It's It's not done away with. He's just fulfilled it. In Ephesians 2... Oh, gosh, let me look that up. Ephesians 2, Paul basically makes the argument that what is abolished is the ordinance of the law. Hey, our, I'm in Ephesians 5 right here. I don't have far to go. Uh, Scrolling. I want to say it's 2.14, but I'm not 100% sure, so give me just a... Uh, 
Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, this is Paul talking about Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, verse 15, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross and thereby killing the hostility. So what he's saying there, he's he's not saying that Christ abolished the law. He's saying Christ abolished the need to follow the ordinances of the law. Okay, explain that. So the law, once again, kind of like where I'm going back. I'm like using my hands like mm. podcasters can see. <laughs> Christ, okay. So law versus ordinance of the yeah. law. Uh, the law itself is what we read in Leviticus, mm-hmm. what's being reiterated through here, throughout Deuteronomy. Right. You know, you pour the blood out on the ground. You don't, the same thing like you, basically that comes back to being pure. You don't touch the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some rituals that involve blood being sprinkled on the priest and spring, there's literally a blood bath that happens during certain offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ordinances. Those are like the ceremonies that you follow within the law. Um, Christ comes and fulfills all that. He So fulfill, like take it as the word fill. So I'm looking, you have a Nalgene bottle here, okay? Okay. It's a thousand milliliters. Christ takes that and fills it all the way up to the top to okay. your thousand milliliters and it's full. You can no longer fill it because it's already full. Right. There's that. So that's the ordinance. It's like the... Christ's coming was basically like him sticking that this is a really poor analogy was him sticking the analogy under the tap, turning on the water and filling it up and then turning off the tap and screwing the lid on. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't come unscrew the cap and fill it up anymore because it's already full. Right. So you going through the ordinances of the law, the ser- what we divide up now, to be clear, I know there's some purists out there probably. The scripture never talks about um, ceremonial law. It never makes that distinction. That's something that we have put in, almost like how we put in chapters and verses like ceremonial law, civic law. You know, That's something that we've devised to help us understand the different points. But the ceremonial law or the civic law, any of those can no longer be, like you can no longer do the ordinances that go along with that ceremonial law. Mm-hmm. Because it's already been fulfilled in Christ. Okay. Your standing, your righteousness is now found in Christ. Therefore, all of those ceremonies are abolished. Okay. So that's when um, Peter's on the roof and he sees the blanket come down and says, kill and eat. Okay. And it's no longer what makes it's no longer what goes in your body that makes you unclean because you're now found clean in Christ who was sacrificed on your behalf. You're no longer going through those ceremonies anymore. So, okay, so let me let me see if I understand correctly. And I, wait, really quick. I probably have a lot of holes in that explanation because I haven't had to argue it. Okay. So, but go on ahead. So T- take a swing at me and I'll so, I'll so follow it all. I guess I'm <laughs> just trying to 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 kind of So, the law we still have to follow. That's that's an o- obedience to to God. Um, obviously, we're not going to be able to do that, and, and that's where where God makes us. Uh, that's where where Jesus helps to to make us right uh, through through righteousness. Um, the ordinance of the law are like the the ceremonial practices, such as um, maybe this with the the do not eat the blood and, and mm-hmm. scatter it on the ground. Um, I'm, I'm brain farting on other ceremonial laws. Those ceremonial laws are no longer necessarily used because of that righteousness we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. So the law we still must follow, being the commands that God lays out. However, the ceremonial laws um, no longer 
are things that we have to follow because of the righteousness that we have in Christ. Is that correct? Uh, well, so you have like the, there's like some of the civic and like the obedience and stuff like that. Right. We, yes, we still have to obey God, but if you remember putting it in the context of what happens in um, the, the Gospels, Jesus says, hey, like the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and um, love your neighbors yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, every commandment is, re- not every commandment, but everything from the law is interpreted correctly by Christ as loving God and loving others. Okay. So our, yes, there's still like the Ten Commandments are still the basis of the law. But if you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is like, hey, look, just blindly obeying the Ten Commandments gets you nowhere. Mm. If you, you know, if you're even angry at your brother, that's you being guilty of murder. So he's saying, hey, you were saying, hey, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. You walk around, but in your heart, you're still massively angry at your brother you're still guilty of breaking the law. So we have to say, all right, Christ's grace covers that when we do disobey. We get that infinite, you know, covering pool of grace uh, in our lives that continues to wash over us over and over again because we do get angry with our brother, right. you know. Um, but we're no longer at the point where we have to fall under the punishments of the law the same way we don't have to follow the ordinances of the law. So if you had killed your brother in the Old Testament, you were either, either it was a justified killing in your city of refuge or it was an unjustified killing and you were put to death. Mm-hmm. That's, we don't fall under those punishments anymore because of Christ's grace and our standing in Christ now. Okay. So even though, yes, obeying God is still part of our Christian life, we're no longer falling under the punishment of what disobeying the law was. And then... You know, Paul goes on in Romans, like, does that mean that we sin all the more because grace will abound all the more? Right, right. By no means. Our desire, our heart should still be to love God with everything inside of us, and that comes with obeying his commands. And the starting of obeying his commands is to love him with our entire being. So as part of that obeying his commands, being with obedience, is that not eating blood? No. Okay. Because we we're not worried about those ordinances anymore. Okay. Because but, we, we, once again, we find our standing in Christ. Okay. But that means that we should not lie. Correct? But what's the... Well, okay, first of all, not lying is not one of the Ten Commandments. Bearing false witness is one of the oh, Ten that's Commandments. True. Um, but, uh, David was a liar. Oh, that's true. Quite a, and he lied, quote, unquote, for good to keep himself from being killed. So murder? Right, yeah, we still should not murder. Okay. Now, there's... So this is where things start to get... In, like you got to put yourself into the context. Paul saying we're still subject to the rules and the authority of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our heart. Right. Um, not killing is so, uh, like the destruction of the Imago Dei, the destruction of God's image. We're all image bearers. Mm-hmm. Is against God. We were. We are not loving God at that point when we are destroying what He created in His image. Mm. So, yeah, we would be guilty of that no matter what. We're At that point, we're veering off, you know, the side. So, so, so then the heart of the law is what we're supposed to follow, not necessarily the ordinance that have been set, set out then. Yeah, I mean, I'm hesitant to say, like, just at the heart of the law, because right. that can definitely leave, like, a, well, what's the heart of the law? And that can leave some... Right, that's but fair. Yeah, but, yeah, in... in 
another respect, that's 100% true. Okay. With the heart of the law being the, you know, loving God and loving your neighbor. Because I, I mean, flowing ma- out from there. Because I mean, many of the commands that you see, at least that we've talked about so far in Deuteronomy, I think um, are practices and, and commands that, that I think are very important to um, having a, a healthy society. Um, and I think part of the reason that our society is so messed up right now is because we don't take those commands and laws seriously anymore. Um, and um, so I see the heart of some of those, and I, and I, and I understand those commands, and, and I feel for us to get rid of them um, is, is, is what would be, I mean, I mean has created um, some of the destruction of the society that exists today. Um, when it says, do not eat the blood, um, I do like pink in my meat, um, and unfortunately, I've probably broken that command if it comes down to my cooking because it's still a, very red in the middle. But here's the thing: there's no unfortunate mm-hmm. that I've done. There's no unfortunate at it whatsoever. Okay. Once again, your status is judged in Christ, and Christ once again said, "It's no longer what goes in you that defiles you. Right. It's it's your depravity. Period. Okay. Um, but there's you know. Um, I had another verse on the tip of my tongue, and now it's gone. Oh, oh, uh, think of Galatians. Okay. There's all this stuff about, like, being circumcised, being circumcised. You should be circumcised. Peter going around, yeah, part of the circumcision, you know, that's the way you got to be. And Paul's like, no, that's no longer that's no longer the point. Mm-hmm. Like, you no longer have to worry about that. You don't have to do that. You, as a grown man, praise be to God, you don't have to get your foreskin cut off, you know, in a time before anesthetics existed. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's no longer a thing right? Uh, because the law is fulfilled. So that ordinance, that ceremony is no longer necessary. Okay. So, you know, if you do it, whatever, fine. It, it's no big deal. It doesn't make you holy. If you don't do it, whatever, fine. It doesn't make you less holy. Okay. So that's, a, I mean, we do have like this, uh, uh, there's a, oh gosh, was it? I can't remember who wrote it. It was like John Newton or Calvin or Luther or somebody. They wrote a song. Um, the lyrics are, Christ fulfilled the whole law, and he lends his pardoning voice. He turns the slave to children and duty into choice. So I know what you're thinking. You but, said duty? <laughs> <laughs> but take the word duty out and think of ordinance. He's mm-hmm. taking that ordinance out, and now it's our choice. We We have chosen now we are choosing now to follow him and to be made more like christ Mm -hmm. and but none of that involves fulfilling ordinances of the law because christ did and we can't it's the same same thing as atonement but we're running we're dangerously low on time oh wow okay um but that's a great discussion yeah sorry i was just kind of again i I, no i I threw those out out of nowhere so uh it's not like We've had, again. It's one yeah, of those. I, I'm, I'm unprepared of my apologetic, and I believe my apologetic falls Presbyterianish. Okay. Um, some Baptists might have some bones to pick with some things I said, and some Presbyterians might think I'm too Baptist. Okay, but that's kind of where I stand on it. Okay, that's why I'm not a Judaizer anymore. Okay, he's yeah. never Jewish. Uh, again, I threw that out because I was like, all right, you know, yes. got some questions, and and again, it's. Um, Again, we, got, don't, we got music, we got music, man. Okay, don't hold right. on too much. Uh, we, we threw out on that. Yeah, bye. <laughs>